Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, I've got a really important question for you this week. Okay. Do you put the star on the tree last? No, first. You gotta put it on first. Okay, yes, exactly. Because if you put it on last, you can knock ornaments off. You can knock ornaments, you can knock the whole thing down. 100%. I don't understand why there's so many depictions of like putting the star on last. That's just so impractical. That shows a lack of judgment. 100%. I could not agree more. This week, we are joined by Congresswoman Jackie Speer, Dana Schwartz, and Julissa Arce to tackle the following questions. How is Stacey Abrams to thank for the 51-seat Senate majority? Where is the worst place in New York City to canoodle? What gives you the ick? And who has cookie recipes they want to share? All this and more right now. Alyssa, I'm so glad that elections are on Tuesdays. Isn't that nice? Because we don't get scooped. We don't get Wednesday. Um, So we're recording this on Wednesday. And on Tuesday, the Georgia runoff happened. And by late Tuesday night, it was clear that Senator Raphael Warnock had won re-election, defeating Herschel Walker. And that kind of reminded me of a story, Alyssa. I'm going to sound a little bit like Rachel Maddow if she cared about football. I am so ready for story time with Erin. Okay. So the reason that I'm familiar with this story at all is because I grew up a Minnesota Vikings fan. Um, So in 1989, the Minnesota Vikings were pretty, pretty good. They were like, they had a, a lot of pieces in place to be a great team, they believed. The Dallas Cowboys were very, very bad. They were one in 15. But their best player was a guy named Herschel Walker. And uh, the Vikings traded in the biggest trade of all time in the NFL up to that point. They traded 18 players and draft picks for Herschel Walker. It was huge. It was a huge deal. The Vikings thought they got the better end of the deal because he was such a great player. 
So he came to the Vikings. The Cowboys got all of those draft picks. And over the next 10 years, the Cowboys won three Super Bowls with those draft picks and players that the Vikings were like, we'll take it all. And the Vikings fucking sucked. So what's the lesson? The lesson is (laughs) this is not the first time that Texas has unloaded Herschel Walker to another state. And the other state has been like, oh, this is terrible. we, (laughs) We really got the raw end of that. To paraf- or to quote Dan Pfeiffer's uh, excellent newsletter, Herschel Walker was a terrible candidate. Dan Pfeiffer wrote this. Mm-hmm. In general, it's bad when your candidate runs on an abortion ban and has paid for multiple abortions and once put a gun to a woman's head. Problematic. Problematic indeed. However, we do have some sound from the loser of last night's Georgia Senate runoff that I think you actually flagged as being something that you found to be heartening. Yeah, heartening. Let's listen. But one of the things I want to tell all of you is you never stop dreaming. I don't want any of you to stop dreaming. I don't want any of you to stop believing in America. I want you to believe in America and continue to believe in the Constitution and believe in our elected officials most of all. Continue to pray for them because all the prayers you've given me, I felt those prayers. I want to thank all my team as well, Team Herschel, because they put up with a lot. I want to thank Team Herschel. Thank all my donors as well, because you guys, without you, I couldn't have done what I've done. Hmm. Alyssa, what do you make of that? Okay, I really was truly heartened when I saw his speech because, one, Herschel Walker, not a teleprompter person, so I really do think he was riffing. And the other thing that I liked that he said that not only did he say those things, but people didn't boo him. I mean, like, honestly, a lot of people have no, no, like, compunction about going ahead and being like, yeah, we love you, but boo to the positive sentiment. And so I thought it was, I thought it was good. I mean, whether he did it because he totally meant it, which I sort of felt like he did, or just to kind of rat fuck Trump, both were fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, Herschel Walker, a bad person. There's no debate that he's a bad person, but a good loser. A good loser. Good loser. I mean, how many good losers have we seen lately? So like thumbs up to being a good loser. Mm-hmm. Right. And and just in terms of the concession speech, not in terms of political career or personal caliber or anything like that. No, no. Nobody needs to fucking correct us or tell us whatever. I'm just talking about the speech. <laughs> right. Right. Saying that a bad person did one good thing does not mean we think the bad person is not bad. Um, It reminded me a little bit of of, uh, John McCain's concession speech. His now his concession speech was wonderful. I mean, like it was truly a unifying moment, I thought, as the winner in that scenario. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it reminded me of that just because it was like the right thing to say Mm -hmm. after a, a heated and close race. And also, you know, Georgia is lucky to have Warnock as a senator. He's a good senator, and he seems like a really good person. Um, And it's exciting that he's going to be in office for six years now. Six years. Six years. Amazing. Let's be done with the runoffs for a while. But also, another shout out. I think we both knew this, but shout out to Pfeiffer's newsletter. Uh That fucking Stacey Abrams. Okay. Yes. We need to talk about that. Okay. Let's focus on the woman who has built an infrastructure. And this is an interesting thing because the political class, the political class, not us, Aaron, everybody else. Yeah, everyone else. 
everyone else. They're always like, oh, the Stacey Abrams machine and the Reed machine. And the funny thing is there's um, an intersection between what Senator Harry Reid did in Nevada and what Stacey Abrams did. And it's not about one person. It's not like some person created this mythical thing. They invested in the people of Nevada and the people of Georgia and created infrastructure. And that is something that will live on for forever. It is like the greatest, most altruistic thing that she could have done. And we saw it yesterday. We have seen it since um, since she started Fair Fight. And it's just, it's incredible. And it, it is it is truly inspiring to see how much a person dedicating themselves to making voting easier could do, could accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Selena Montgomery strikes again. Selena Montgomery rides again. <laughs> um, what, what, what else do we want to talk about? We have a really exciting interview today. Do we have time for one more story? I don't know. Dealer's choice. Oh, you know what? I do want to talk about this story just because it's been, uh, it's been taking too much of my internet time. And I feel like if we don't talk about it, I will have wasted all that time. And if we do talk about it, I can be like, oh, that was for work. <laughs> ABC has reportedly uh, decided to temporarily bench Good Morning America co-anchors Amy Rohrbach and TJ Holmes while the network assesses how to handle the fallout from a cheating scandal. Alyssa, basically, these two morning show anchors were caught canoodling in public, very openly in public. Both of them are married to other people, and both of them... You know, they work together and the people that work with them are unhappy and and all and all that. So what do you make of what's going on? I know that you have some like you're closer to the story than I am. I have some thoughts. Here are my thoughts. One, who cares? They're consenting adults of equal power structure. I do not care. I think it is crazy that they were taken off air or maybe there are things we don't know, whatever, but taking them off air didn't seem to matter. The real problem with this story in their behavior is that anybody thought that they could privately canoodle in Times Square. (laughs) What? Dummies, you and I both know the Irish bar that they were caught canoodling. Come on. Yes, we were texting about it. (laughs) That is not a canoodle bar. That is not, that is, there are so many canoodling opportunities in other neighborhoods in New York City. Soho, great canoodling opportunities in Soho, right? Go to the quiet streets of Soho. Go to Fidei. Go anywhere. Times Square, the Irish bar. Not, 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 no. How silly. Also, one of the details from this, I'm with you that I think there's something really weird about how the public really gets on a moral high horse about marital infidelity among public figures, specifically within news media. It reminds me of like, they want them to be like Disney princesses or they want them to be like Mickey Mouse. Right. And just be like mascots for purity and and moral perfection. And that's always been sort of weird to me, the like public insistence on like these people being monogamously married is is weird. Um, I think that it's bad form and I feel really bad for both of their spouses. And their kids. Their kids. Like that's a crappy thing to do to your family. But I also learned from the story when I was reading up on it during my deep dive into this rabbit hole, they recently documented their journey training together for the 2022 New York City Marathon. <laughs> okay, another mistake. Do not start fucking somebody that you're doing 
workouts with because the like love hormones and the workout hormones get all tangled up. Oh, that's good advice. That is good advice. You're not in love. You've just got <laughs> runner's high. Like, go take a shower and lie down and just do whatever you want by yourself. You're not in love with your training partner. You just went running. Yeah, that's it. That's, as a as someone who used to run a lot, that's something I got to put out there. Hopefully we have now exercised this, <laughs> what a pun, uh, we have exercised this story from our feed. <laughs> I just, I hope so, because I, I've got a finite amount of time and, and I, I can't give any more minutes of my dwindling life to this story. No. But I can't, but I also like... Why is it so compelling? Like, why am I like, ooh, what do they do? Is it because they were so stupid? It's the canoodling in Times Square part. If it were not for that, we'd be like, we would truly be like, I don't care. But but when you, but it's like the pictures of them in Times Square, you're like, wait a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you're in Times Square. Like, it's, a, it's also the place where like the people who watch morning television are most likely to be. To go on vacation. Yes. That is a, it is a tourist hotspot. They're going to come to New York. They're going to stay in or around Times Square. They're going to go to the M&M store and then they're going to go down to the 9-11 museum. hundred percent. Like canoodling in the 9-11 museum would have not been more obvious. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's that's uh, that's all I think I have to say about that. And I'm glad that we were able to like talk about it because now I lay it to rest. I don't feel as bad about spending so much time reading about it. OK, we're going to take a quick break when we come back. Really excited for our interview this week. And welcome back. Alyssa, you and I both know that there are some people who have been on our list for quite some time. Our bucket list, you mean? Of faves? Our bucket list of, of, of faves, of interview subjects, of people we would love to talk to, people who are doing important work. But for whatever reason, our schedules haven't quite matched up. Today, we are checking one of those people off of our list. Today's guest is a member of Congress representing California's 14th District, which covers part of San Francisco and the Bay Area. After a decades-long career dedicated to fighting for women's rights, LGBTQ rights, minority communities, national security, and a less corrupt government, she's finally going to get to relax, we hope, when she retires in January. Representative Jackie Spear, welcome to Hysteria. Aaron and Alyssa, great to be with you. I have wanted to come on your show for a long time, so it's my bucket list, too. Oh, oh, that's great. Well, we got in under the wire. Holiday joy. Yeah. Congratulations on your upcoming retirement. Can you talk to us a little bit about why you came to this decision and what you're most looking forward to doing once you're no longer reporting to work at Congress? So I've actually dubbed it my unretirement because I have no intentions of you know, eating bonbons and watching soap operas. So I am leaving, though, because I've served now in public life for 40 years, 15 years in Congress, and it's time to pass the torch to the next generation. I still feel passionately about the issues that I've worked on, and I don't intend to remain silent on the sidelines. So I've got lots of little irons in the fire, and we'll see what they all develop into. Amazing. 
Well, your career in politics started pretty harrowingly. For those who don't know, as a young congressional staffer, you and your boss at the time, Congressman Leo Ryan, were shot by members of the Jonestown cult while on a fact-finding mission in Guyana. Congressman Ryan and four other people were killed. You've credited Congressman Ryan as your mentor. Can you talk to us about how that tragedy shaped you and your politics? Well, I was lying on that airstrip, shot five times, uh, my whole right leg blown up, my right arm blown up, a bone protruding out through the skin. And I vowed that if I survived, I would dedicate my life to public service and more and most importantly, not take another day for granted. So I've tried to live by those principles. And Congressman Ryan taught me for the short time that he was my mentor, that experiential legislating is key. You cannot legislate uh, in the halls of Congress without going out and being with the people that you are representing or the people you're trying to help. So for instance, I serve on the military personnel subcommittee of the Armed Services Committee. I chair that committee. I go to the bases to find out about the issues of sexual assault. I went to Alaska to look at the issue of suicide, which was a number that was kind of devastating to all of us to see the increase. I just recently spent a number of days at Hell Week for the Navy SEAL program because we had a Navy SEAL candidate who died after completing Hell Week earlier this year. So my work is never done. And certainly the experience of being on the ground, wherever that is, is important. Congressman Ryan went to Guyana because members of the People's Temple, which was a church in San Francisco, but more properly defined as a cult, had members that had become a part of the People's Temple who were constituents of his, young adults. And his constituent parents were concerned about their well-being because they had become part of the church. And then a group of about a thousand of them went to Guyana in South America and created a commune called Jonestown in the jungles of Guyana. Congresswoman, as someone who's experienced violence that was incited by violent rhetoric, how concerned does the current state of the political discourse make you? What can be done to bring the temperature down? Well, I think the rhetoric is at an all-time high for violence. And we need to look no farther than a month or so ago when Paul Pelosi was bludgeoned almost to death by an assailant who was looking for Speaker Pelosi and broke into their home. The January 6th tragedy was created by violent rhetoric, by our then president and groups that wanted to take advantage of him as well, because the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys were all about dismantling government. And they saw then Donald Trump as one that they could hook their star to. So it is dire. And I would say that unless Congress makes a concerted effort to lower the temperature, we are poised to see more of this. And so it's really the responsibility of each and every member of Congress to stop putting out poison pill memos and tweets and carry on on the House floor in a manner that is unbecoming to the institution and to the process and does not get us closer to solutions. And that's what the American people want. 
Compromise is a good thing. It, it is not a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Has Leader Pelosi filled you all in on how Paul's doing? Do you know how he's doing? Uh, she has told us that he is recovering, but it is a slow process. He made his you know, public debut again just right. very recently at the Kennedy Center Honors. And, you know, he's a strong man. He's someone who has supported his wife in one of the most consequential jobs in the country uh, for decades. And I know that he would you know, like an opportunity to have more time with her and she with him. And that's why I think she made the decision to step down as speaker. You've been a fierce advocate for reproductive and LGBTQ rights before it was cool, you know, as they say. Um, what have what have been some of your biggest legislative wins that you'll look back feeling most proud of? Uh, I, I think I'm going to be most proud of the fact that I was arrested for challenging the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs and 17 other colleagues joined me in being arrested because civil disobedience is part of the solution here. It is absolutely critical that we overturn the Dobbs decision and we can do it through Congress. We can do it through another lawsuit conceivably, but to think that somehow government mandated pregnancy is outrageous. So I feel very strongly about that. In terms of reproductive health generally, I was the first legislator to speak about my own abortion on the House floor back in 2011, which I think allowed women across this country, 25% of who have had abortions, be able to feel comfortable speaking out about it. It was not something that was done with any degree of, it was a wanted baby. It was a a decision that was made in conjunction with my physician and my husband, and it was a 17-week abortion. So it was a second trimester abortion. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the work that I've done to try and get our service members who now will require abortions, but live in states where bases are precluded from accessing abortion care locally You can't get abortion care at a military treatment facility, believe it or not, and pay for it yourself. That needs to change. We weren't able to do that. But to the extent that they're stationed in states that ban abortions, we now are being able to provide them transportation and two days of convalescent care for their need to access abortion care elsewhere. Hmm. You know, I remember that speech in 2011. It meant a lot to me. Like, I remember it very clearly. I think, Alyssa, you probably remember it pretty well, too. Yeah, totally. I wasn't even working in D.C. I was in New York, and it meant a ton. You've been open and candid with your own experiences with sexual harassment. Do you feel like you had to share your experiences in order for progress to be made? And do you wish you didn't have to? So I talked about the sexual harassment I had endured because I wanted women in Congress, staffers, to feel that they had an advocate for themselves in me because I had endured it as a staffer myself. Years earlier, I tried to get the Rules Committee to mandate sexual harassment training for members because I was successful in doing that in the California State Legislature. And the chair at the time, who was a Republican, said, no, we're not going to do anything like that. So when the Me Too movement took off, I thought, all right, this is my opportunity. So I did the video and then the walls came off 
the capital because so many women and men have endured sexual harassment in these environments and have been loath to talk about it because they wanted careers here in Congress or the system was rigged against them. Previously, it was the member of Congress who was represented by counsel when someone complained about sexual harassment, not the victim. There was mandatory mediation. There was mandatory cooling off periods. And then the non-disclosure agreement and the settlement were paid for by the taxpayers. So we turned all of that on its head. And now as a staff member, as an intern, as a fellow, you have those protections. You'll be represented by counsel. You do not have to go through any of these mandatory mediation processes. If you want to go to court, you can go to court. If there is a settlement, it's going to be paid for by the perpetrator, in that case, uh, the member of Congress. As you think about your new phase of life, like you said, you've been a public servant for 40 years. Is there a congressperson you're going to miss seeing every day? Oh, there's going to be a lot of Congress members that I'm going to miss because I have great friends here in the Capitol. Um, And I'll still be able to tweet at them and text them. (laughs) And when I see something that's gone crazy, I will let them know. (laughs) Is there anyone you'll be happy to never see again? Oh, there's individuals that I don't (laughs) engage with that I'm not going to miss, but I don't engage with them now. So I'm not too concerned about it. Oh, that is so high road. (laughs) We kind of thought you might high road that one, but we thought we'd ask anyway. Are there any political changes you hope to see in the next few years? You know, if I had my way, I would change the way we do business here. Here we are lurching to some conclusion with the National Defense Authorization Act. Uh, We have either to pass a continuing resolution or an omnibus piece of legislation so the country can continue to operate, so government can continue to operate. I would like to see us do two-year budgets, actually budget for a two-year period of time in the first year. And then the second year, do the oversight that we don't do enough of. You know, we pass laws and think that they're then going to be followed. And the truth is, that's not necessarily the case. And so unless we do the oversight, we're not going to have the accountability that we should expect. And then one of the things we did in the state legislature in California, we would, you know, not pass a budget in time and um, there would be this huge process that would go on. And then there was a, a law passed. I think it was actually an initiative that said members wouldn't get paid if they didn't pass the budget by a certain time. And, you know, lo and behold, they've never had a shutdown as a result. So something we might want to pursue in Congress as well. Imagine that. Congresswoman, you're a lifelong Californian and the holidays are here. So what Bay Area comforts of home will keep you feeling warm and festive this December? Oh, well, putting up the tree is always a major event in our house and decorating the table. I do tablescapes. That's how I relax. So, you know, it takes me a good day to put a tablescape together and get the house all ready for the holidays. We do all the things that any family does, whether it's caroling or going to festive parties with friends. And um, I'm looking forward to doing all of that, all of which start this weekend, as a matter of fact. And then (laughs) one of the things I do for one of the nonprofits, um, I help them wrap presents. They have a huge area at the fairgrounds and there's gifts that poor families can come and identify. And then I'm one of the chief 
gift wrappers because I did that when I was 16 years old. My first job was doing Christmas wrapping at Montgomery Wards. Um, that takes you oh. back in time. <laughs> Blast so from I'm the a, past. I remember that place. I am a, yeah. you know, four-star general when it comes to wrapping presents. And so I'll be doing that and finding ways to to give back to the community. Okay. So I have so many questions about the tablescapes, but I want to ask you about wrapping. What is the most challenging shape to wrap and what's the trick to doing it? Well, the most challenging shape, of course, is one that doesn't fit into a box and <laughs> trying to, you know, take skis, for instance, and, and wrap them so that they're, you know, not discernible. Um, then what you need to do is just put lots of bows on it so people are focused on, <laughs> on all the um, extra stuff that you've added. One of the things I like to do is take a very small present and put it in a very big box. So it really <laughs> uh, puts people into an idea that they're getting something they're really not getting. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Congresswoman Jackie Spear, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for everything you've done for uh, the people you represent and for the American people. Well, thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays to you all. You too. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. 
Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on a, oh. it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit falling just above the knee while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now. And I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip. And they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. With chocolate treats mixed into dark chocolate ice cream, the Tillamook Chocolate Collection is a chocolate game changer because the thing that pairs best with chocolate is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. And welcome back. You are listening to Hysteria, the podcast that if you're still listening to us, it means that you have not yet gotten the ick, we hope. Um, Alyssa, what's the last time you were hanging out with somebody who you previously liked and they did something and it changed forever how you felt about them in a negative way? When's the last time you got the ick about a person? It was about a year ago. Details? Okay. Um. This person who I really considered like a close friend did something so gross during COVID that I couldn't, I'll never look at them the same way again. It was like they had to celebrate themselves and threw a birthday party and lied about how many people were going to be there. And it was way bigger. 
Oh, you know, you can you can just tell us if you're friends with the Kardashians. Um, oh, that's- yes, that's me. Look at <laughs> look at me today. Don't I look like someone who rolls around with a Kardashian? If they ever met me, they'd be like, girl, sit still while we put you in some skims and fix that body shape. Um, no, not them. But I was just like, I was like, you're fucking gross. And it, it was mm. a ick. It was like never saw them the same way again, ever. Mm. Like still nice to them. But like, no, that was that was like the most selfish, gross thing I could imagine. Hmm. Well, I'm really excited about the panel that we have to talk about the phenomenon of getting the ick today. And I'm going to introduce both of them right now. First up, the author of You Sound Like a White Girl, a best-selling author, a wonderful person, Julissa Arce. Welcome to Hysteria. Thank you so much. I know I'm not like a broken record. It's like just the book, the book, the book. But the book was one of <laughs> Apple's best 20 audiobooks of 2022. So there you go. Some some new news of the old news. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Congratulations. That's exciting. Uh, Our next panelist book, Immortality, A Love Story, is available for pre-order. Would probably make a great gift, right? Oh, absolutely. Dana Schwartz, welcome to Hysteria. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. What a delight. Um, Dana, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. What what does getting the ick mean to you? Were you familiar with it before we told you we were talking about it today. (laughs) Yes, I'm very familiar with the ick. I mean, it's that point in dating. For me, I always associated it with a romantic situation. And Mm -hmm. for me, it was the point in dating someone new where you realize that they are not the person that you built them up to be in your head. That, to me, is what defines the ick in my mind. When you realize, like, the version of this person that I think exists, something they do shows that they are a completely different person. Can you give us a specific example of it happening to you? I don't want to like be mean to anyone um, specific. I'll say like there are a few things that like give me the ick specifically. Um, <laughs> seeing someone get like way too, like if I'm on a date with a guy and he got like way too drunk, uh-huh. that mm. always immediately was the ick. Because I, I don't like, being the one who has to like take care of like someone I don't really know that well. Like, mm-hmm. like once we're like best friends or like I'm with you, like whatever, everyone gets drunk. But I'm saying like, have you ever been on like an early date with someone and someone drinks too much to the point where you're like, oh no, this is not a good vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyone who I, I think like isn't actually smart. Like if they say something that I'm like, oh, you're not just, it's not just like you have a blind spot. Like you're actually not smart. Or like, you know, dismisses books. That always gives me the ick. And then something else that always gave me the ick because it gave me like pickup artist vibes was if a guy tried to do like, tried to neg me or try, but I could tell he was trying to neg me if I felt like I could see the strings at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a pretty extensive list of icks. And I think yeah. a, a, really good, a really good place to start. Yeah. Julissa, what does the ick mean to you? Um, and, and when's the last time you experienced it? So I I had thought of the ick as something much more like petty, mm-hmm. like not something serious. You know, I feel like these icks that we're talking about so far, like are like serious concerns about friendships and relationships. I thought it was more like like a petty thing. Like, for example, I have a thing about like people who like eat with their mouth open, you know, who mm-hmm. just like are, are like are very like loud eaters. No, that's a real ick. That's an ick for sure. And like, I definitely feel like there was a long time ago, like this guy that I kind of really liked until we went out to dinner. And I was like, I can't, I, I could not, 
I can like date you. Like I could like this would bother me so much. Like I thought it was like petty stuff like that. And then I felt bad about it because I'm like, who cares? So I always thought it was more like stuff like that, you know, just like petty little things, not like serious things. I think that like what Dana is alluding to are petty things that are kind of gateways to serious things. Like um, they're, they're sort of like a moment will happen and you can see this whole like gateway open into like other things that you're also probably not going to like about that person. Um, right. and, e- and even if it's just that one thing that is the ick in and of itself is enough to make you pause. But all of the things that the ick could be showing are on the horizon are also bad. So icks are like warning signs then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Like one of, I think an ick for me when I was younger um, was if I went over to a guy's house and he didn't have appropriate window coverings on his windows, like <laughs> didn't have like curtains in his bedroom um, or like the blinds were broken and they were just like not fixed. Um, that was always just like, oh, this person doesn't know how to take care of themselves sort of a thing. <laughs> but it was like a petty ick because it's like, well, what if what if they just broke today? Or like, what if they've had a busy week? They didn't. Week? You know they oh, what didn't. if they are broke? <laughs> or like dirty dishes in the sink. That's a big ick for an adult. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I've got some dirty dishes. No, no, but you have a baby. You're, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like weeks old, just like a mac and cheese bowl that they could have just put in the dishwasher. Uh-huh. You know something that's like definitely like related is people who like soak, you know, they just like soak oh, their soaking shit for, like, is a, a lie. Soaking it is, is a lie. lie. <laughs> and also, let's just say 98% of soakers are men. A hundred percent. I will actually say I soak, but for me, I'm Data. quote unquote. No, no, I'm soaking, but it means Ian's going to do the dishes when he comes home. <laughs> yes, but da- okay, so Dana... That makes I, you. But we egg. have. I <laughs> I cook and bake, and he does the dishes. It is a mutually beneficial arrangement. Well, then that's fair. That's totally yeah. fair. And it's like as long as they're not soaking for days. Yeah, you know, it's like there's an expiration to the soaking. Right. Can I give maybe my pettiest ick that actually happened? Yeah. Yeah. And this is a a human person, so I do feel bad about this. Uh, when I was in college, there was like a barista at the coffee shop I always went to, who was like very cute. And I only ever saw him in like the T-shirt and jeans of the coffee shop employee thing. But like we would like chat every day and like over months, you know, had like a little repartee and like I gave him my number and like he asked me out. And the first time we went out, I realized he was sort of like a he was in like a utila kilt. He was sort of like a red affair, (laughs) (laughs) which is a great, lovely thing for someone. But I had only ever seen him in a in a coffee shop shirt before and I and seeing him in his real human clothes was a full ick. See, Dana, <laughs> that is that was something that was a real phenomenon when we were paralegals and about halfway through our term they implemented casual Friday. And all of these lawyers who you thought were like so cute and like whatever, they came in in their casual stuff. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's seeing them like a lot of people after that. You're like, no, I saw those pleats and those khakis. There's a no. That's a no. Yep. <laughs> I am no longer intimidated by you. you That's know, like an episode of The Office. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think that holiday office party season is a real season oh. when the icks come out. <gasps> Good call. Because you see people that you work with 
You see people that you work with in a situation that is like Mm -hmm. a minefield of ick, you know, like people, you know, drinking a lot. Um, It's a it's a weekend. Sometimes people at holiday parties are doing more than drinking. um, And that's weird. There was one party at a place where I worked where this guy uh, he received oral sex in the company bathroom during like the party. What? Yeah. And it was like they're not. I don't really want to give away too much of the bathrooms were like individual doors. They weren't like you go into the bathroom and then there's stalls. It was oh. like there are oh, doors, okay. individual okay. individual bathrooms with doors that open to like a hallway oh. that everyone is like walking through. So it was like we all it's like if you're in line and you know at a bar or whatever and you're behind like four people going in the bathroom together and they're in there for way too long. And it's like, you are doing blow. You know, it was like these two went into the bathroom together and it was like, clearly that's what's happening. It was, it was so that, so the ick. Um, Alyssa, have you ever gotten the ick about like a person you worked with? I mean, well, as a paralegal, yes. Other than that, I think that it was pretty much, you know, most of my jobs, I spent so much time with people after that, that they were like family. And I think it's harder to get the ick with family because you sort of sink or swim together. So you have to accept them for all of their ick. But I do also have to full disclosure say that when we talked about the ick, I did have to ask what the ick was. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. Come on, Alyssa, spill the beans. What ick did Obama give you? You guys, he was perfect. I probably <laughs> icked him, to be honest. He'd be like, really? what are you eating? Um, yeah, I wore wild shit sometimes. And I, 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 I mean, compared to him, I ate wild shit. So, you know, but for me, it's like when people, everyone talking about like dates, giving them the ick. You guys, I only really dated two people in my whole life and I married one of them. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> there, there was, oh, oh, wait, I have a perfect. Oh, I have a perfect dick. I can't believe it. You guys, this is okay. Okay. Guys, I went on a few dates, not dated, but went on a few dates with someone. And when he invited me back to his apartment, his bedroom was full of Beanie Babies. What? Like so many hundreds of Beanie Babies, hundreds of Beanie Babies. Did he sell them? Like, did he? No, he he collected them, Julissa. He collected them. (laughs) This was 1999. There was no eBay back then. Oh, so many. And they were on display. Oh, okay. So he didn't want to like mess around on a pile of Beanie Babies. No, but you could have because there were so many. (laughs) When I got this email that the ick was going to be uh, the subject today, I went to the source TikTok to find out what what gave (laughs) people the ick. And I did compile a list of some of my favorite crowdsourced icks. If if you don't mind. Oh, please. Yeah. An adult man chasing after a ping pong ball. (laughs) (laughs) walking back after his turn in bowling (laughs) uh yeah that's a big yeah there's no cool way to do it saying (sighs) someone is in here when he's a bathroom stall I think using bitmojis is an ick. Using bitmojis when he texts. Oh, yeah. Really? For for a certain type of guy. What if I use bitmoji, though? (laughs) No, you using bitmojis is okay. We're talking adult men. Okay. Okay, fine. Fine. Petting a dog with his bare feet. 
Oh, ew. ew. I, <laughs> I mean, like that's that's like an early dating ick. Like if you're with someone for a really yeah. long time, it's sort of like I don't really like. I barely even close the door anymore when I pee. These you are know, early like, dating. Yeah, no. Yeah, how yeah. can you continue your conversation if you close the door? Yeah, right. I mean, you have to yell and peeing and yelling is like, diff- <laughs> no. it's a weird, weird combination of things to do. <laughs> and then finally, quote, thinking about him saying woo on a roller coaster makes me sick. <laughs> oh. So I think those all really tilt towards Julissa's like petty icks. Petty Pets. Yeah, Petty X. Mm-hmm. I uh, once got the ick when I saw adult men in hockey jerseys. Mm. Adult men wear other sports jerseys don't bother me, specifically hockey jerseys, because they are so specific. Like, I don't they just look like you're dressing up like in a hockey costume. Like it's so it's like you might as well be dressed in a like Batman costume and just like go walking around. It just for whatever reason. And and look, and this isn't saying that like every single adult man who has ever worn a hockey jersey is unworthy of love. No, I'm just saying me personally, that just like trespasses into a part of my I, I just can't. I can't. That's just not it's not for me. The ick is individualistic. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the thing about icks. Like they they're more about you than the person giving you those icks, mm-hmm. I think. For yeah, sure. it's like more about like your own personal preferences and like comfort levels. So it's more about like you. Although I will say there's one hopefully universal ick, and this is kind of a more serious one, which is when you're on a date or with a friend or with a family member, whoever this person is, and they like treat a server badly. Yes, yes, yep. that was 100%. That is like, That's a character. That is like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that is mm-hmm. like deal breaker. And even beyond the just rudeness and shittiness of it, strategically, it is a stupid thing to do. Yes. It is like it is like morally bad because you should not treat people poorly like you're above them. Your food will rightfully have They're started. handling your food, you dumb motherfucker. Like 100%. what are you doing? Like you're now my food is in danger of whatever your food has earned. Like, I am going to suffer the consequences of you being an asshole. Anyway, yeah, no, that's that's a huge universal ick for sure. Do you think you've ever caused, and, and this is for everybody, do you think you've ever caused another person to get the ick? And like, can you pinpoint it? 100%. Okay, Dana? I'm sure I have. I just like, I don't, I can be sort of like loud and messy and like, I don't have always, when I'm like excited and I start talking about something, sometimes I sneeze when I get excited. Um, which is a real thing. And I, I think I have messy table manners sometimes when I'm like not thinking about it. And so I can fully see like someone who doesn't love me yet and like hasn't accepted me being like, this girl is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Julissa, have you, do you think? I'm trying to think really hard and I can't come up with anything. Oh, you're perfect. Oh, you're perfect. (laughs) That. That is so healthy. That's probably the most icky thing ever. That's um. so healthy, though, man. Like, I wish I wish that I was able to just be like, you know what? If someone didn't like me, that's just their taste. Because that's, like, the right, yeah. you know. Someone didn't like me because of something petty. That's just their taste, and it's nothing I can control. But there is always a part of me that's like, but I could have controlled it if I knew. I didn't. I wouldn't have done it, you know? Yeah. I will say, like, in my early 
like early 20s when I was not quite, you know, this confident person. I would say probably that was like something icky was like, like texting too much, you know, like, hmm. like, you know, oh, I was just like, hey, oh, know, that like, is but, not but my like, ick. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm pretty sure that I gave some people the ick by like texting too much or something. Oh, here's something. Here's something. And this I was called out for when I when I was in my mid 20s in New York with all my girlfriends. I used to wake up really early, like, you know, 6 a.m., 530 in the morning during the week. And so on the weekends, I would wake up around the same time. And so like at 6 a.m., I would like text all my girlfriends like, what are we doing today? Where are we going to brunch? And they sat me down and told me I was not allowed to text them before 10 a.m. on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an ick. I think that's very thoughtful. You're trying to set a plan. Exactly. I was just excited to see my friends. (laughs) Thank you, Dana. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I like I like to imagine that my giving people the ick was something that was uh, confined to a time in the past, but I'm sure that I do it currently. Um, I feel like I feel like I have given people the ick. The more insecure and the more unconfident I feel, the more my worst and most annoying character traits come out. And when I was younger, I think I was more uh, like annoying, acted sort of like I had something to prove. Um, I was a little bit more like, I don't know, like I treated more social interactions like pissing contests that they, Mm. they weren't really pissing contests. And, um, yeah, I think that, I think I probably gave people the ick. I also think that sometimes, um, if you're a person who is really, uh, you feel really strongly about political issues and like the politics that you're living inside of is, feels really dire and you're with somebody whose energy level, they're not matched your energy. You're just like way more, uh, you care way more about it than they do. I think sometimes that can give the person with less energy the ick. That's a good point. And that's not to say that that's a bad thing. Like, don't not, I'm not telling anybody like dial it down. Like, don't yell about abortion on a second date or whatever, because absolutely do that if that's what you feel like doing. But I think that like people who are less clued in to like the news, to politics, um, probably or less passionate about things might be a little bit like overwhelmed by a person who feels like super passionately about something. I cringe thinking about previous conversations I've had all the Mm. time, like kind of what you said, like I am so desperate to get people to like me that I talk too much and I feel like I come across as like braggy or aggressive and like I give myself the ick. Mm. (laughs) You guys, I think my personal ick is is actually ickier. (laughs) I'm like obsessed with boogers. And so I think I kind of pick my nose. Like I don't stick my finger all the way up, but I think that if someone were like, I've been thinking about it the whole time we were sitting here because I have another fucking sinus infection because I'm sick again. And I'm like, can I get that? But can feel it. I can feel a crust on my nose. Can I get it without you seeing? So anyway, if you didn't know me well, you might be like, I am obsessed with the fact that people think I'm picking my nose when they drive by me in the car. <laughs> and like, I'm not picking it, but I am making sure that it's like a crust free zone, you know? So mm-hmm. anyway, that's my ick. My ick mm-hmm. is the petty is gross. It's small and gross. But maybe someone's ick would be an unpicked nose if there were boogers in it. So maybe well, you're saving I hope someone else. that my husband's ick is an unpicked nose because my nose is pristine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you ever gotten the ick when it comes to like a parasocial relationship or, you know, you're 
relationship one-sided, obviously, with a, with a celebrity. Seeing their politics sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I feel like Chris Pratt gave a lot of people the ick all at once. Mm. Anyone you know? who was mm. talking about Rick Caruso, like Katy Perry. Oh. Kay- Rick yeah. Caruso was a real ick for me. That's, yeah. that's such a good point. Who else was... Jaleesa, do you remember who else was talking about Rick Caruso? Oh, my God. I, I don't even want to name them, especially the Latino ones, because there was quite a few of them. Oh, and no. I don't want to call them out, but I saw you. <laughs> I saw it. I noted it. I saw it. It's been done. Yeah. Katy Perry talking about Rick Caruso did really give me the it. Like, I was sort of, I think after the 2016 election, she was so all in for Hillary. And I think that was really the first, it seemed like that was the first time that she really put herself out there as a person who cared about politics. And this is just me having a parasocial relationship with Katy Perry. I got the impression that she was really traumatized by Trump's election in a way that like Mm. manifested publicly. And she kind of just seemed like a different type of performer afterwards and seemed like a different type of celebrity afterwards. And um, when she came out and supported Rick Caruso, I was like, girl, you, you built it back up in the wrong direction. You know, whatever you, whatever you went through now, now you're, you're going the wrong way. And that, that definitely did give me the ick. Um, Have there been any like politicians that you normally agree with that suddenly give you the ick? Probably every other Democrat who hasn't done shit on immigration. Hmm. And that's like a lot of them. That's probably 90% of them. So can they come back from the ick? Is the ick unickable? Sure. I think so in some circumstances. But, you know, when we're t- like, like what you're talking about right now with, um, with like politicians, like, yes, I think that, you know, they can change courses and things. I think other things like the way people eat, it's like, that's the way you eat. That's probably not going to change. That's how you've eaten 30 years of your life. Uh-huh. Probably not going to change. Right. So the 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 ick is something that can be overcome if it changes. Right. Okay. Dana, do you think that the ick is something that people can come back from? Yeah. Yes. Once you get to know them and love them. But usually for me, the ick is the first indicator that like, oh, this person is not who I thought they were. And like, I only get the, I don't really get like the ick for pet peeves or like saying woo on a roller coaster. Like I get the (laughs) ick where I'm like, oh, this person is fundamentally different than who I thought they were. And and I think that's a deeper trench to climb out of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, how about you? Do you think that the ick is something that can be come back? Yeah, I think it's, I think it depends on the, the ick, of course, right? Because if it's something that somebody did one time, and it revealed something about them. That's hard to come back from. If it is a yeah. behavior that can change, you know, like if my hubs told me that the nose picking was a problem, <laughs> I could do better. You know, I could like take it to the bathroom and just use a damp towel and clean my nose out and be like better about it. So I think that those like they're two different things. But if it's somebody like if it's a politician who said something or handled an issue or an interaction with somebody that you feel like revealed their true character. I don't think that you can come back from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I Although there are some like the real like man chasing a, a ping pong ball type of ick thing. Sometimes <laughs> it's hard to 
It's it's hard to come back from, I think. Oh, you know what? One time I got the ick because I was on vacation with a boyfriend um, and there was a big spider in our room and he like wouldn't confront the spider. He like made me take care of it. And it was like, I I have always been the spider killer in my relationship. Me too. I don't kill, yeah, I don't like <laughs> kill spiders. But like if if there's no other, I avoid killing spiders if I can because I say I think spiders are stipulated. If they're not biting us. Um, but like, you know, I've been the, the spider removal like, chairperson in all of my <laughs> relationships. But what I don't like is, is like, sometimes it requires like a team effort. Like, okay, I'm going to put a cup over the spider. I need you to wait underneath with like a paper towel and then we'll just catch it. You know, I need a teammate, you know, I could be the captain. I need a teammate. Um, and he like wasn't somebody who'd ever been afraid of spiders before, but he like went into the other room and made me take care of it myself. And the spider was like the size of my hand. And it was like, I'll do this, but I will not respect you. You know that Aaron, can I just, this is related, but unrelated when you two years ago, whatever we had a, a mouse situation. And I realized like, I've always known I married the right person, but when we finally trapped humanely the mice and we were going to take them to the field down the street, David was like, should we bring some cheese for him, too? I was like, yes, let's bring him some cheese. I will say, I actually think the ick can be an important tool for you if you're someone dating, because when you're with the right person and they run after a ping pong ball, you should find it endearing. And so if they do something that's like innocuous and you're like, oh, and you're not like, oh, cute. Maybe that's your gut being like, this isn't the right person for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. It's you it's saying like you're you're just not that into him. Spidey senses. Spidey senses. Yeah. Like your general unease just needs a concrete behavior to attach to. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I well, like ladies, none of you have ever given me the ick. And if you did, oh, you would have like a really, really wide. I, I would be like almost endlessly forgiving with any of you. So don't worry about giving me the ick. You, you're all good. Um, but we're going to take a quick break when we come back. Sanity Corner and I Feel Petty, a.k.a. Sani Petty. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 
And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria. I'm Erin. Alyssa's with us. Julissa is with us. And Dana is with us. And we are about to get into Sani Petty. But before we do that, a little bit of housekeeping. Big news, everyone. Crooked Coffee's best-selling coffee accessory, The Cold Brewer, is finally back in stock just in time for the holidays. There's nothing better than waking up to delicious homemade cold brew, and The Cold Brewer makes it really easy and much more affordable than a daily Starbucks run. As always, every Crooked Coffee order supports Register Her, an organization working to register and activate millions of women across the country to vote. It's the perfect gift for the coffee lover in your life or for yourself, because having fresh cold brew in the fridge makes for a perfect afternoon pick-me-up or the ideal grab-and-go when you're running late in the morning. Head to crooked.com slash coffee to grab yours today before they sell out again. Okay, the house has been kept. Alyssa, are you going to go Sanity Corner or I Feel Petty this week? It's a combo. Okay. It's a combo Sanity Petty. So um, I have needed, now that jam season is on hiatus till the good citrus comes back for marmalade, I need another thing. And so I've been baking cookies nonstop. Cookie, 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 cookie. And the new Bon Appetit just came out with their cookie edition, whatever. And the cover was so beautiful. I'm like, I am going to make those raspberry almond thumbprints. You guys, I realize I should have read more closely before I embarked on what was a fucking cookie journey, but the cookie, as you mix, it involved a uh, freeze-dried raspberry powder, which I found. And what? You, yes, and you make the cookies, but when the raspberry interacts with the citrus and the baking powder, it turns gray. So what it turned out, one, it looked fucking gross. When you bite into the cookies, it looks like they've molded. And the the whole outside that was like the beautiful pink was so overly sweet. It's literally just meant to disguise the fact that the cookie is gray. So I was very disheartened by the fact that this was like a cover recipe. I feel like there were so many others that were better. I mean, it was very pretty, but it was so much work. And I was like very I was just covered. I was like a pink Smurf by the time it was over. There was just freeze-dried <laughs> raspberry powder everywhere. And I couldn't even really give the cookies. I had one batch that I was like, oh, these are okay. And I used a lot less sugar on them. And they were gray-green. Gray, um, and I, they were better. <laughs> but other than that, I was like, these are not for consumption. These, these, these were a disappointment. And I can't believe I was sold a bill of goods on the cover of Bon Appetit. You were not only sold a bill of goods. You were sent on a quest. I mean, God, those cookies took me like three hours to make. Hold on. Here they are. Here Were they are. Were those the Claire Saffitz cookies? Yeah. Disappointing. That's how they look in the. They uh, look really pretty. They look really pretty, but they they uh, they were not a they were not a win for me. Not a win. Not a win. And you can kind of see here. I'm sure how they are like. Oh, sorry. Gray green on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was it. So this, I can tell you in the fridge right now, I have the, uh, I have maple, I have some maple shortbreads. So we'll see how those turned out. And yes, they required me finding maple sugar. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, you are continuing to go on these cookie quests. Um, I, I got to respect it. I hope you find what you're looking for, Alyssa. Me too. I, me too. Right now, find- right now we're really, we're honing back in on the, the OG uh, jam thumbprints because they are delicious and quite easy to make. Totally, totally. Um, all right, Dana, sanity or petty? It's a sanity corner that I feel like dovetails really nicely with Alyssa's. I have been obsessively baking cookies. 
That has been my, aside from actual real therapy, my other therapy of choice. I made um, some black sesame espresso shortbread cookies. The roll Those were gorgeous. Very beautiful and savory. They tasted really well. They tasted really nice. I have some ovenly peanut butter cookies in my freezer right now. I made some gingerbread uh, biscotti that were a little salty for my taste, but I liked them. Everyone in the comments seemed to like that it was, you know, sort of a little salty kick. I, I've just been, I, my freezer is full of cookie dough and I, that is my, been the thing that I have been uh, making myself sane with. So if any listeners have really great Christmas cookie recipes, please send them my way. Absolutely. Amazing. Oh, you know, they're going to. Oh, I really send, hope send, they do. Send, send, please. <laughs> That Dana Schwartz at gmail.com. <laughs> Please send them to me. Oh my gosh, you're going to get some recipes. Um, I can't wait. Okay, mine is mine is an I feel petty, uh, but it's also kind of a PSA. Um, so you know, holiday season, busy stores, busy parking lots. If you are looking for a parking space and the only way for you to fit into the parking space is to get just like so close to the car to your left that you can barely open the door and get out, do not park there. Because, okay, if someone has a if someone has a baby seat, like there's a whole bunch of reasons, but if somebody has a baby seat, it's usually on the like rear passenger side door. And if you park too close to a person's door so they can't get their baby in, you're really like fucking up their day. You're like, you're really causing them. And I think a lot of, I didn't realize this until I was like, dealing with the logistics of like loading Juniper in and out of the car. Um, There are a lot of parking lots that have like spots that are too small. Um, And there have been a couple of times where it's like, I have to like pick her up and like crawl across the other side of my back seat with her. And it's just, it's not great. So be mindful of how close to other cars you're parking. A baby is not the only reason to be mindful of that. You know, there are other people with different mobility issues um, that would require more space. Give people space to get out of their car. That's all I'm saying. Um, And uh, if you have a big giant truck that just cannot fit in any parking spaces without crowding the car next to you, then I think you can fuck off just in general. Uh, (laughs) And that's what I'm feeling petty about this week. Uh, Julissa, sanity or petty for you? So like Alyssa, mine is like a combo because this thing is both giving me so much joy and also has been the source of so much frustration. And that is the World Cup. Mm. The World Cup, it's something I absolutely love and I look forward to. And this time I had to wait an extra six months because it's in Qatar and they couldn't hold it in the summer. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mexico's out of the World Cup for the first time in like 70 something years. We didn't make it out of the group stage. It's like been very disappointing. Um, but it's still, you know, I've still been watching the games and it's very entertaining. And I really love like I just really love it. Like I love the World Cup. It's 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 an amazing time. Um, and, you know, people also take it way too seriously and they suck the joy out of it, like way too fucking serious. Like, can we just make funny TikToks and funny Instagram reels? And it's just funny. Like, I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm trying to enjoy the game and have a good time while I watch it. Like, just let me have this little time 
in life where I can just say stupid shit about <laughs> a game and not make it about something bigger and something else. Please, because let me enjoy this time. I had to wait and my team's not even in it anymore. So just let me be. Thank you. Uh, Julissa, if you ever want to text me something that you're like, they'll get mad about this on TikTok. I, my inbox is always open, always open <laughs> to funny, snarky World Cup takes that assholes online would take the wrong way. So I'm like, God dang, like people, <laughs> you're missing a little funny chip in your system. Can uh, I ask, who are you rooting? Are you rooting for anyone now, now that Mexico's out? I'm pretty much just rooting for like all the teams that are not white, like non-white teams, you know, Same, whoever yeah. that like, well, if you colonized, if you were a colonizer <laughs> in your history, I am rooting for the other team. Oh yeah. man. Um, yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brazil's still in it. You know, Brazil's still in it. Um, I want to root for Brazil because, you know, Latin America, solidarity. And also I feel like, They've won the World Cup, you know? It's like, can we get somebody, like, new to win the World Cup? Uh-huh. Right now, I'm excited about Morocco because they just beat Spain. Uh-huh. Like, and people are very upset that I'm rooting for Morocco and not for Spain um, or that I rooted for them. Um, yeah, so it's just exciting to watch. And I think at this point, because my team's not in it, it actually is a little bit more fun, you know, because I'm not stressed. I'm just like, I just want to watch a good game. Uh, Argentina's still in it, right? <sighs> They are. <laughs> so all Latin American countries, but not Argentina. Um, yeah, I guess they kind of. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of. I, mean, I was this fun. thing where like there was a ton of Argentinians saying that like they felt more European than they did Latin American. Huh. So hmm. what Europeans, Argentina? What Europeans came to Argentina? Which which ones were they? Which when did that yeah, happen? Exactly. Which Europeans did you harbor? Are you you're proud of those Europeans who came to in about nineteen forty four to forty six? <laughs> Interesting. who were who was that? Who came? Um yeah, I uh, yeah. I gotta say I, I'm pretty much on I thought the Morocco game was exciting. Um, I thought it was exciting that Spain lost because they just, I mean, they didn't just win. I think they won in 2012, right? 2013? Something, something yeah, around there. Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, and uh, I kind of want to see Brazil win. It's been a long time since they've won. And yeah, uh, they're and Pelé's in the hospital and it would be like, you know, a nice thing to give to Pelé. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. That would be very, uh, but you know, then again, out of all the European teams, I guess I like England the best. Out of all the European teams. Mm. I mean, you know, France, I saw this yesterday on The Daily Show the day before. It was kind of funny where they were like basically showing all these pictures of like white teams. And then they were like, and then this is like the black team. And it was like the French team because there's <laughs> so many like black players on the French team. So I, I could root for France, um, you know, if it gets to if it gets to that point. Um, I, I love that you're like, I'm rooting against the white people. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So and just to be clear, like not all the white people, just like when we're talking about the world fucking cup. Right. No, I mean, I understand. I understand the subtle differences. Also, it's like a funny way to choose uh, which team to cheer for. Like, why exactly. not? Exactly. Why it's not? Just, you know, um, it's just the world cup. It's just the world cup. Just uh, the biggest sporting event. In the world of uh, Julissa, Dana, 
Thank you so much for being here this week. This was really fun. Alyssa Mastromonico, thank you for being my ride or die. Thank you to Congresswoman Jackie Spear. And thank you, listeners. There will be more hysteria for you next week. I am from another planet. This nation is like Janet. But these girls got a fan it. Y2K email and scan it. Don't take no for an answer. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers. And our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Nia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free.